The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. In the next hour, you'll hear from some phenomenal people and healthcare leaders and learn how their challenges became opportunities. Our goal is to show you how you can positively influence your own life experience and purpose and achieve success. And now, here is your host, Danielle Delaney. Hi, this is The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney, and I'm your host, Danielle Delaney. And today, my spotlight shines on former model and actress, Elon Carter-Price. Elon has been on before. Elon is a writer, a producer, and the owner of Tracing London Entertainment Productions. And I'm always delighted when she can give us some time to talk about things that interest me. Uh, Her background is in journalism with a degree from Cal State Northridge. And she is the daughter of the original and founding member of the group, the The Temptations, Otis Williams. And Ilan is no stranger to this entertainment industry that I grew up and lived around and the privilege that comes along with it. And uh, I find it very interesting to listen to her experiences and to bring them to the rest of you across the nation. Uh, Ilan is an advocate for an anti-bullying campaign as well, anti-bullying campaign that we're working on in schools and um, has had experience with that with her own children. And today we're actually going to talk about a different topic. We're going to talk about what it is to grow up in L.A.'s Los Angeles, San Fernando Valley as the daughter of a celebrity and how that's different from a non-celebrity household. So welcome, Elon. Welcome. Hi, Danielle. It's always such a pleasure to be on this show. I'm delighted whenever you have time. (laughs) Well, I have to say, looking back on it on retrospect, being a celebrity kid was actually a lot of fun. At that time, I didn't know it was fun because it was normal to me, <laughs> you know, being around so many people and, uh, you know, always uh, hanging out with with uh, childhood stars when I was young. And it was always like, oh, this is Otis's daughter. And he was so well respected in the industry. It had a lot of perks to it. Um, he made me work really hard, so it wasn't like I thought that it was an easy thing because I thought that he was so strict, and I look back on it now, and a business sense, it really helped me and shaped me who I am, which really parlayed mm-hmm. what we were talking about earlier about people and, and, the, and the children and bullying. I, that didn't happen at my home because I was very humble and I was very gracious, and I was taught to be gracious for the lifestyle that I had. I didn't want for anything, but I had to work hard for everything I had. So, uh, and I have a couple. I like that you said that. that. I like. I like that you said that because it's so funny. When I was, I'm thinking back to childhood growing up, also in in San Fernando Valley, and I always say I was the Fresh Princess of Bel Air, grew up on Mulholland, and and I thought, you know, something with a prominent, I always with a prominent cardiologist father. Of course, you right. understand. <laughs> right, you know, I understand, and it's so interesting because when right. I say, "Oh, he's one of the top doctors in the world," people think I mean in the country, and yes. it's not in the country. He's one of the top do- top few doctors in the, in the world. world, and, and it, so it you got all it, kinds it, of respect. It, it, 
Right. So thank you. And thank, and I'm, I'm blessed to have Dr. Richard Allen Williams as my father. But the thing is, is that we, although we had those parents, I didn't know you as a little girl. You didn't know me as a little girl. You also lived in Europe. You also lived on the East Coast. I was literally the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I was here the whole time. And right, it was right, princess. I could say princess. Let's be a princess, right? But it also right, was right. something that I credit my, both of my parents, I really credit them with making sure I had to work. And talking about work ethics today and what our work ethic is because of our history and in spite of our history mm-hmm. is what I'd really like to do mm-hmm. because um, a lot of the kids today, I am noticing, you know, it's great that they're on their little devices. It's great that they've got their iPad, iBook, MacBook Air, uh, phone in their hand, this, that, the other thing. They're on roller skates. They've got headphones on. I don't know what's going on because I don't have kids. So I just look at that and say, what are you guys doing? I don't even understand what they're doing half the time, but they're doing 20 things, like five and one. And it's amazing and better than me, you and I both can do it. So if you can't oh, yeah, they it teach out, me a lot. They, they teach me a lot. My clients who are 24, they can do it. <laughs> my, exactly. My 24-year-old clients are always showing me how to do voice record. They're adding apps on my thing. Like, please, after your session, stick around and show me something. But they do. And it's, it's right, really correct. helpful. Learn so much. And they know who they are. But <laughs> and they're listening. Yeah. They know what they do for me. But uh, we have, I, I, do think having a, I do think having parents like that, we also had chores because our parents didn't come from money. So they instilled in us right. to be appreciative and be gracious for the things you have. It's not easy. Um, um, and this is not a, a, a normal thing for most kids. So you shouldn't feel like you're better than anyone. And that's why I advocate, uh, advocate for the bullying to stop. Because I don't care how wealthy you are. I tell my son, and my, my son has had a great lifestyle. He's grown up very privileged, too. And I said, right. you know, if you go to someone's house and they had to buy furniture from Goodwill and they had clothes from Goodwill, that's a million dollars to them. You never treat their stuff any different than you treat your stuff. You never make anyone feel like you have more than them. I was taught that way because that's all that they have. So you have to be gracious. Don't put your feet on the couch. Don't go in the refrigerator. You always ask and be polite and people always say to me you know your kids are polite I said because I instill that into into them and if you could share what you have you do that and I think when you do that kind of thing you are always blessed um blessings will I come think to you, you are absolutely you... right you're absolutely yes. right and, 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 and you'll be stunned how many adults I know that will actually come over and open the freezer open the refrigerator and comment on what's in there too you're like why are you eating that, that? Has me I know. And I say, you've really got to sit down on the couch. Sit down and let me bring you a glass of water. Would you like Telegrino oh. or cucumber water? But by all means, get out of my refrigerator. But it's, it's really we startling, but not time. everybody's raised the same. Right. And not everyone is no, raised the same. And when I was a same. kid, no. And my parents made sure that, because there were four of us, and we were going to have jobs, because my mom was like, you can help fold that one's clothes. You can help change that one. We were all three years apart. And then my brother came six years right. later and stole my thunder, stole my thunder completely. <laughs> completely stole my thunder. I mean, no, no apologies. But um, it's so funny because we had to have, well, one did the dishes, one sets the table, one does this, one does that. But we all had jobs. One was bagging groceries at Gelson's, Kelly was. LeRae was working at the Town yes. and Country Movie Theater, which is now the Town and Country Commons or something. And I was lying so about funny. my age, get that, lying about my age, pretending to be 16, so I could work at Big Ben's renting beta and VHS tapes out to people and working at Johnson's Yogurt. Like, I had two jobs. Like, what was I, Jamaican? You know, what was I doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were Jamaican. I actually was working at Delson's, too. I actually was in the bakery. Thank goodness there weren't cameras then, because I would put my fingers in the frosting. 
Oh, Elon, oh, come on, you. Come on you. <laughs> But, you know, those were fun times. But even having my dad, as I did, um, we were always able to have the things that we wanted. But he was very strict. And he was always like, well, don't give her everything. She, I was the only child. So it was easier Good. for me. But he was always on the road 90% of the time. Most of the times he wasn't home. So... And my mother's a shopaholic, so it was very easy for me because my mother would buy so many things, and I would blackmail her and say, well, if you don't buy me that, I'm going to tell on you. <laughs> I got away with a lot. I got away with a lot. Thank you. But, I mean, it was, it was fun being around and exposed to the people I was exposed to. And I'll tell you why, how it helped me a lot. Um, 30 That's years later, like, no, I How do you find it benefits you now? Different than now? Um, yeah, well, how does, how does it benefit you? How does it benefit you now? How does it benefit you well, being a child oh, of Otis Williams? It's benefiting me because I have a son who's in, in entertainment, and he um, is a rapper, and he's a singer. And, you know, this business is all about relationships and who you know. And there's so many talented people out there, but they don't get the... the um, they don't have the right connections. They don't get the opportunities. And a lot of this is opportunity. And because of my opportunity getting being a model and an actress and doing the many jobs I was able to do and working overseas, I have been able to help him at 12 years old get in the door with some pretty prominent people. And that has a lot wow. to do with my background. I, I mean, my son's talented, but a lot has to do with my background. I attribute you know, I like that you admit that. I love that you admit that because a lot of people don't admit that. And it's not, I mm -hmm. mean, nepotism and all of that is live and well in Hollywood. I mean, we can see it. Oh, it's family. very live and well. Of who is in the movie and now? Sometimes... You know, who was in the movie 10 years ago? And it's their child, 20 years ago. So it's right. prominent and right. it happens. But and I it's really good that you up. recognize Yes, mm -hmm. I can call people up and say, if I don't know someone, I say, hey, you know, can you get this person for me? I can call who I want and get to whoever I want to. Even though you may not see me visible in front of the camera, I have the connections because I grew up in the business and I can always say, hey, my dad is such and such. I remember having a girls group. Um, this is before the wow. girls came out. And it was A&M Records, and then I think we also went to, uh, it was one of the other ones that we went to, Virgin Records. And uh -huh. uh, these girls can really sing. I do not have, I was a background singer. I really was atmosphere. But I was in the group for a reason because I had the connections. And, um, <laughs> atmosphere, I love the atmosphere. <laughs> I was atmosphere once upon a time. <laughs> they're like, Elon, this looks pretty, but don't sing too loud. Right, I stayed in my lane, right? But I got yeah. us in the door and got us a record deal. Unfortunately, the group did not happen because the girls resented that and one wanted to be a star, whatever. I was like, I don't really care because I'm not the singer. But right. I was able to get us in the label several places. Because I was like, hey, this is such and such. Now, I don't have that same kind of connections in the film industry, and that's actually what I've kind of parlayed to. But and I'm, I'm saying that because I can compare it now. It's much easier for exactly. me in the music industry. It's not as easy for now me in the you film know. industry because I was on the talent side, and I didn't have those kind of connections. So it is mm. a lot of nepotism, the entertainment industry, and it has made a big difference because my son just recorded his sixth song last week with a very, I mean, a big name producer, and it kind of happened by accident that I was so happy, and I told my son, I said, do you know what, what a lucky kid you are? Do you know who this is? And he was like, oh, yeah, kind of. Well, he, he doesn't really know, but <laughs> he said he doesn't. He did his homework. 
but it, it has had a lot of perks, and it's also been fun. I got to travel at a young age. I was overseas. My dad was always on a TV show. I remember this one show that I used to, used to always be on. Remember Dinah Shore? I don't know if you remember Dinah yes. Shore. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Otis was on a Dinah Shore he, show a lot. How Dinah Shore, I love the temptation. She was, he was on her show all the time. And I remember I, she I, was I haven't heard that so name sweet. in so long. That flashback. I love it. Dinosaur. And she's wow. always trying to. Yeah, she. I remember Charles was on the show, and Charles and they would try to get me to come on stage with them as they would perform several times. My dad's like, get on stage, and and they do this little bit number when they have some of the uh, people sing, and um, then he kicks me off stage because he's like, go, no, you're embarrassing me. It's like six modeling. <laughs> but I've done some interviews. Actually, we've done some interviews together. And um, what I was trying to get him to do, I want him to do a young version of The Temptations because he's now 74 years old. He's still on tour. He's still dancing. They were just at Canyon Ranch a few weeks ago. And I said, you need to develop a young group. And now that they have all these reality shows, we should just go tour right. around and have these kids audition for that. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, now, the show of Trace, does Trace have a website do you want to give it out? I mean, it's up to you if you want to give that out. But I know how talented he is. It's up to you. What? That, that, uh, the website country? or YouTube or whatever. If you want to give it oh, out. Oh, yes. Yes. Trace. So his name is, his Trace's name is Swaggy T. That's his, his stage name. His first Swaggy T, right? S-W-A-G-G-Y. Okay. G-G-Y. And his, actually, the first single he did is Swaggy T. But that's his stage name, Swaggy T. His name is Trace Austin. He has three, <laughs> three songs on YouTube currently. So we can use all the views we can get. So please go on there. And he has about four more songs that he has out. And he actually is starting to perform now in different venues. Um, I'm my telling dad, you, Little Swaggy T. his next show. Little Swaggy so he, he might looks shock like some Bruno Mars. He looks like... But uh, he looks like fun. Bruno Mars, and he he moves like Michael Jackson, and he looks like Bruno Mars. I mean, I've been startled by your son. I'm just thought, oh no, he does look like Bruno Mars. Of trouble. <laughs> you are in for a world of trouble at some point with this one. But uh, but he's the cutest thing, and it's it's just so interesting about your dad, though. I mean, a dinosaur show, all of those things. It's interesting growing up where we grew up. I, you know, I'm not a child of entertainment celebrity, but medical celebrity, uh-huh. but running around just in the market, we'd see Doc from the love boat. And my friends, my parents were friends with Isaac from the love boat. And I don't know if yeah. you know this, but a lot of the, a lot of the families in Encino Hills and Bel Air, there were black families because you moved away at some point. There were black families that uh, put together their own country club because they weren't welcome at others. So we were members of Winners West yeah. and it was, the Simpsons, Smokey Robinson's family, our family, the Owens family, mm-hmm. your family. Uh, your, not your family, but your, your, our parents knew your parents. And I don't know. I think mm-hmm. you were on the East Coast by then. So it's really interesting that being from an entertainment family, and I am doing a couple of shows because I work in addiction and recovery with celebrities who've been in treatment and how that's different for them since it's supposed to oh, be a Oh, I have so much knowledge and, of that. That I can tell yeah, you. And that's what no, I want to I ask just, about that. I will too. tell you this. On the negative side of it, and it's not a negative side because I am a very strong-willed person. I have a very strong personality, so I don't like to be controlled. That has helped me in life. It has helped me when I started modeling going overseas. The Temptations has had many members, as everyone knows. I mean, they've interchanged people like 
just coming and going, coming and going. Otis is I always actually did not know that. I did not know that. Wow. Yes, and he's so he's he started at seventeen. The uh, he's the only living member. But before then, the original members were already changed in the seventies, and the drugs and the and the drug pushers hang out with the entertainers. It's so prevalent, and I saw that growing up so much. I saw so many big superstars, and I don't want people's names out there because I don't want getting anyone in trouble, but I just remember no. seeing, <laughs> and seeing the stars backstage and people high. I saw the women. I was exposed to so much as a kid that, and I saw the wives, what they had to be what they dealt with it being married to a rock star, that was another issue. I mean, my mother dealt now, what with a did lot. Now, what did you see? And what I knew I didn't want Tell me what you saw, up. though. I want to know. We really want to know what you saw, like, in the floor <laughs> on the wall. I mean, well, don't tell you me. Know, you don't have to say who. I'm not expecting you to say who. But was it cocaine? Well, well, was it heroin? Was it alcohol? Well, my, what were you it, it was cocaine. Um, some of them started when in the eighties. They started doing crack with other people. A lot of them, I mean, wow. like a daily thing. But these are the things that I saw. Now, I will say wholeheartedly that I did never see my dad do any of it. But he was the businessman side of it, and he wasn't the lead singer, but he was the business side of it, and he was like, and well, he was the founding member. He's the founding member. So well, he's the founding member. Sure. Well, there are there are times where some of their lead singers they had to break the door down to get them out of their room because they were so high they couldn't get on stage. They had to sober wow. people up. That was a, that, I saw that a lot. And what they do is you get these uh, drug dealers, they come to the shows, they hang out, they befriend them. Hey, dude, just try this. Oh, no, it's cool. This is how these good people get hooked on this stuff. You know, and, and, and that's really another subject because I'm trying to throw my kids about this. Don't ever try anything. Um, and oh, here, just try this this one more thing and that one more thing. And then I got a new, we have a new drug. There's always something different. Now they have them, they call them mollies. I don't even know what that is. But uh, I do. I it's saw terrifying. a lot of that. And a lot of members in the group lost their jobs because of their drug problems. And Otis has no tolerance for it. Um, so that's why he, and he's always been successful because he says, you know what, I'm going to keep making my paycheck and being on the road. I saw a lot of the wives tolerate with a lot of stuff because, you know, then you have these, these rock and roll stars that live that lifestyle mm-hmm. when they have like 20 women. They have women in every state. Or they have the girls on the, on the, on the buses, the groupies will come in and out. So I was trained as a little girl not to ever say anything and not to slip. So I would know, I would see the different girlfriends and the, and the wives, and one in a hotel, they would have several women on different floors. <laughs> wow. I had no, not to, I had no think, not to say anything. You know what I mean? Like, don't say nothing when you see that one. And then the bodyguards, when I was a kid, I had bodyguards at my house. And when I tell my husband this, he laughs. He thinks it's the funniest thing ever. He's like, first of all, you're crazy. You don't need a bodyguard because you beat anyone up yourself. But um, we had bodyguards because there were people that, you know, would try to break into our house all the time. You know, mm. it's just so many dynamics that play into the whole rock and roll lifestyle. And that goes for everybody. And it's unfortunate we've lost so many big superstars just in the last six months. And, you know, there's speculation Tell me about it. Yeah. with Michael Jackson, yeah. there's speculation with Prince, and it breaks my heart because I've seen these guys, they become reliant on the drugs because then they become dependent on it to in order to perform. So, right. Um, right. you know, it, it hurts Well, us. let me tell you, and it hurts everyone. It hurts everyone because it's such a loss, 
And I love hearing that Otis had no tolerance for that. And I'm sure I still love listening to this and knowing that you make sure and drive that point home. And let's make sure we do because I'm having some people on who are celebrities who've been in rehab and they're openly in recovery. But it's really been tough mm-hmm. for them to go to meetings to, uh, I do concierge counseling, so that's one thing that I have done, is go to mm-hmm. huge, huge people's homes, whether it's up in Santa Barbara or in the Hamptons. I will fly to them because mm-hmm. they still need the counseling and aftercare and treatment that they can't really mm-hmm. get as openly as some other people because they can't be anonymous if they tried. You know, their face is on the side. Yeah, exactly. Or their exactly. face is on, but it, but on they TV are every day at 2 o'clock. And it's, it's really a tough thing. And one of them, what I have to mention that I want to know what that was like for your father. What I'd want to know is, is how he dealt with it. Because now I had one client who is a huge private, very private and very huge celebrity that they, um, they are known walking down the street. They will be mobbed if they came to me. So they can't actually come to my office. I have to go to them. And I, mm-hmm. I do that. I stay over in a, in a bed and breakfast actually nearby. And I, I go to their home to treat them and their spouse and to give them aftercare after they were discharged from a facility. So what I've seen is that I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of it, that she eventually moved somewhere where she felt like she could go jogging, where people wouldn't mock mm-hmm. her and hound her. And I said, well, that's interesting. What did they want, autographs? And she said, Danielle, no, they wanted selfies. And I, of course, did not know anything about that. I'm not a celebrity. I haven't grown up with celebrities other than people I dated or knew that I was close mm-hmm. to. And back then, it was my 20s. This was 20, 20 years ago and in my 30s, even 10 years ago. It was, it was signing a piece of paper. And I have Ron Wood's autograph. I have Prince's guitar pick. I have those things framed. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't have occurred to me to ask for a selfie because you didn't have a camera in your hand back then. And exactly. And I that kind of person. And those were the only two people I even cared to get anything from. So I, I uh-huh. can't even imagine that she... And I thought, well, of course you can't come to therapy if you're getting asked for selfies when you're jogging. And my job really right. dropped. I was stunned. And I realized that is a whole culture that is going on now that Otis didn't have mm-hmm. back then, that your father. Yeah, you have to commend her for getting help because that's one of the things that I don't, I don't think he ever had anyone admit, hey, I'm going to deal with this problem. And there were warnings and warnings, and they just wouldn't do anything about it. The fact that someone's at least trying, you can at least say, hey, you know what, you're trying. We're going to help you because you want to help yourself. First of all, the person well, exactly. wants to help themselves. And if you can't get exactly. them to get to the point where they say, look, this is a problem. It's causing me to my career. And it actually has affected all their careers because the temptations were so big at one time, they never were able to bounce back. And people were like, well, why aren't they in the group anymore? Well, how come they can't get along? Well, how come they haven't become big again? Well, that's because behind closed doors, they were doing drugs and no one knew it and they couldn't get themselves together. And then when someone tried to help them in a record company, they were so far gone and they didn't have all the tools that we have now, the rehabs and the, and the drug assistance and like what you're doing, going to them and trying to facilitate things so they can get the help they need. We didn't have that right. for 40 years And ago. Elon, not only so, did we not have that then, but the problem that we've had with a lot of the people that we've lost currently is that there's so many yes people that are on the gravy train, on the money train, that nobody's really going to call them on what they're doing and call them out and say, you've got to get help and we're putting you somewhere because then their their money stops. They don't get their income. So it's very observe it up close. That's what I'm saying. And observing it up close and personal as I do with celebrity clientele. And I have a Mm -hmm. sober companioning company that I own. So what I do is I'll actually send a nurse 
to go and sleep next to that person and be next to that person and check their vitals all night long. And I've done this with people in Toronto, people in Ireland, people worldwide. And it is something that to be able to provide that kind of care and then watching people slip through the cracks because no one was by their side 24-7 checking their vitals. To me, it is Uh such a tragic waste and such a tragic preventable loss. And it's it's Uh unbelievable. And it's just so interesting that you grow up seeing that firsthand. And I love that Uh Otis Williams had no tolerance for it because when Uh you're a founding member of a group, you are invested in it. And I would imagine mm-hmm. that with the, with the turnaround of the other members, he had to make sure that, I mean, if one person goes down, it affects everyone else. It's a chain of dominoes. And if one falls, they're all going to fall. So that's really yes. commendable to hear that about him. And, and he, he believes he believes that, that the show must you go on. That way. Sorry? Yes. He says the show must go on. His mother passed away and he went on stage. So he's very much into pleasing his audience and giving the fans what they want. He is very gracious. He's very grateful. He tells me all the that, and I think that's how, how come I am like that. He says, you know, be grateful because you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the fans. And I see these young entertainers, and they just kind of like, oh, yeah, well, you should be happy I'm a star, and I really don't have to talk to you. Well, you know what? You wouldn't be where you are if it wasn't for exactly. the fans. Exactly. You know, I know that there's times that they don't want to be bothered. Right. But at least say, you know what, thank you for trying, but, you know, I can't right now. But just don't be rude. And for for me, it's the children. And I know some people can be annoying, but just at least treat the children nice because they look up right. to these people, you know. And I think it's an amazing thing that you are you are saving lives because you are going in and saying, hey, let me check your vitals. Let me make sure this is not much. Prince and Michael Jackson didn't have that. And we are no. moving entertainer after entertainer, great people, because you have the yes people around them. That's one of the other problems. All the people around them are afraid to say no, because they want to be associated with that person. They want their name linked to them, so they tell them no. Everyone's a yes person. It's it's a very painful thing to watch. It's a very painful thing to watch, and especially also with the opioid addiction epidemic, and I'm I'm having someone very knowledgeable on about that actually in two weeks. And um, so, everybody, please do keep tuning back in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to this show, The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. And I'll tell you, my nurse who works for me, I have a few nurses working for me that I send to people and to clientele that are very private, and her heart breaks for these people that, that we've lost because she realizes, had we gotten one phone call and gotten her on a plane and that mm-hmm. she had been by the side of any one of these people, we don't bill more because of who someone is. It just costs what it costs mm-hmm. to have a nurse to help them. And if we think they need a higher level of care, obviously have a doctor present with the nurse. And then we make sure that they're transported somewhere where they can get that care no matter what. Because it doesn't, mm-hmm. we don't care who you are. You know, the, the autopsy will not discriminate. So we want to make well, sure yes, that everybody we lives and has that same, thing, same opportunity. If you have a terminal illness, there's nothing you can do about that. And it's unfortunate because that hurts too. But when you can prevent something because of someone's uh, um, uh, drug addiction. And for me, I personally, my, I have different views on it. I, I think a lot of addiction is masking and covering up some issues that you don't want to face and you don't want to deal well, with. We're going and to come, if back, you can, come right back and talk about that, Elon. So hold that thought. We're going to break for just mm-hmm. a moment. And when we come back, we'll mm-hmm. still be talking with Elon Carter-Price. 
about her father, the founding member of The the Temptations, Otis Williams, and about celebrity and addiction and all of it, all of the above, the real deal. We'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com How are the priorities doing in your life? You might be doing well in your career, but something's suffering at home. Maybe you have a great relationship with your kids, but you don't always feel right or things are lagging at work. How do you take charge of it all? Tune in to Master Your Life with host Leah Mattinson. We'll help you sort out the personal and professional lives to triumph over them both. Listen live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to do all of those things that you always said you'd do in your life. What's stopping you? Is it other people, your environment, fear? What could give you a push? Tune in to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. Our show is all about taking risks and turning them into positives and personal gain. We'll help your inner voice speak up and get you out of that comfort zone. Raising the Bar can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. If you'd like to connect with Danielle, feel free to send an email to therealdealwithdanielle at gmail.com. That's therealdealwithdanielle at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. We're back. This is The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney, and I'm your host, Danielle Delaney. And we are still speaking with Elon Carter-Price whose father, Otis Williams, was the original and founding member of The Temptations. And, Elon, before the break, we were talking a little bit about drugs in the industry, which, as someone who works with addiction and recovery in my counseling practice privately, I see an awful lot of that. And we were talking about, when we left off, we were just talking about how how some of it is preventable and how a lot of it is uh, the yes people around this person saying, uh-huh. Oh, you know, we'll go ahead and get this for this person. And that they're, it's, it's really tough. And I do have uh, celebrities that are coming on to talk about their recovery and how it has been different from others and how they may have had different stumbling blocks than others because people were really reluctant to stop them. But sometimes they prefer them that way because uh, that's where they're getting paid. So tell me a little bit about what uh-huh. your thoughts were, what you witnessed, the temptations around the temptations, if you will. Tell me more about what you witnessed. Well, and why you feel that and, way and, that it is often not, that that's often how it goes. Well, one of the things, one of the things my dad always says, the tempting temptation. So it's tempting, you know, being, <laughs> uh, I mean, basically they were like rock stars because they were the original boy band, actually. You know, you had the, the, the um, Little Richards and you had all the original rock stars there before we got into, like, more heavy metal rock. And then you had the boy band, and they were original boy band. And wow. basically you have the, the, the Temptations. He said he named them that because there were so many things around them. And these people feed their egos, and then they start believing it. And, you know, having, like, a lot of people in the tents were lead singers. He had, like, three or four that would, depends on what 
if they were saying a high song or a low song. But anyway, the egos become involved. And you have those yes people mm. that say, you know what, you're this, you're that. And what they do is when they start getting the drugs, they get them to try different things. They're able to manipulate them. And then they get into their head. And then when they get into their head, they have them graduate to different things. And then now they have them on a payroll and all their money ends up broke. Because most celebrities have a fraction of the money that you think they have because they spend so much mm-hmm. money on drugs. And that's what these drug dealers bank on. They give it to them free. People always say, how do they get hooked on the drugs? Well, because they're getting it free. And once they get them to a certain point, then that's when they start running that tab up. Um, you know, we lost a big wow. Whitney Houston. She had been on drugs for many years, and people thought it was uh, Bobby Brown. She was on drugs before Bobby Brown. I was in what I was in the music video in Bobby Brown's music video. I mean, there's some entertainers. This is public knowledge. I'm going to say that's what was going on. But you know, um, just being yeah, in the circle that. of entertainment, you hear and see a lot of the things that goes on. You kind of know behind closed doors what the real deal is. And once again, same thing with her. She had relatives that was feeding her the drugs that were okay with her using drugs. It's the same thing with everyone else. And what they do is they, the prescription drugs, they go get them an alias name. So you still right. have a way, they find a way. Um, it's, it's really unfortunate, but like I said, I'm so happy that you are doing what you're doing as far as going to see these people and, and, and assisting them. And if you can wean the ones out, a lot of them have security. You can't get to them. So if you can get straight to the person who has the addiction and the person admits they have an addiction, and they're not just necessarily saying, I have an addiction, I need help. That's the first step. And you're you're absolutely right, and I want to elaborate on that because I am an addiction specialist and counselor, but also an interventionist, and I have some very strong interventionists as well as nurses and RNs working for me, and it is so important to get to that point where someone actually admits they need help. But when they do, mm-hmm. that's when you have to swoop in and land because that changes. It's very fluid from the moment of I need uh-huh. help to the help actually being there and, and accepted. And it really needs uh-huh. to be no nonsense because this is life and death and you can't afford not uh-huh. to. And I drive that bus right. home all the time and I've had a very good track record with the people working for me and and it's, you know, it's nationwide, and it's been fantastic, and it's been such a, an enlightening experience for me as well. But it's also exactly what you said, that admitting, that admission of help. When you start hearing a whisper of that, that is the time mm-hmm. to act, whether someone's a, a celebrity uh-huh. or otherwise, it's a human being, that's the time to act. Because as soon as someone says, I'm realizing and recognizing, I think there's a problem here, that's the time to act and jump right on it, because it can be addressed, you can intervene, Sometimes it's a full intervention as I or my staff can perform, but other times it's as, it's as, as direct as having the family completely acknowledge it and having someone fly mm-hmm. in and swoop them up, scoop them up, swoop in and take them to a facility. And I usually will choose which facility I think fits someone the best. And there's some that I, I know are better for, for celebrities than for others. And then there are some I know are going to be better for some people that just um, that, that need a more casual environment. And they're all holistic, the ones I choose, are very, very much addressing the whole person. And I usually know the directors or the owners very closely, and I know what's going on in there. And some are great choices and some are not, and some are coming on the show, and some have been on the show. So Mm -hmm. um, I really think that admission of needing help is that Mm -hmm. point number one. And did you see a Mm -hmm. lot of that while you were around the temptations? Did you see people asking for help 
and getting it or was no, it and, and that's, no, and that's, that's what's frightening. And I think for younger people now, you know, the drugs are so different than they were even then. I think for the younger people now, the first step is don't have that crowd around you. When you start having people around you saying, hey, you want to try this? It'll be, you know, just a little bit. It'll make you feel better. You can perform better. You have to know how to say no because don't try it so you don't get addicted. Um, when I was model. I was overseas. People had stuff in my face all the time. I saw people snorting cocaine. They were doing ecstasy, all kinds of stuff. Oh, this would be so much better if you just try it. I, I think from seeing what my dad dealt with and having to not be able to get people to perform, and he was like, this is causing me to lose money, and, and interchanging those people, it gave me, it, it exposed me to saying, you know what, this is not, I, I know this is wrong. I'm not going to do that. Um, that's number one. Good for you, Elon. Entertainers Good now. Good for you. You know, I'm not around that strong will. And, um, Good for you. you know, once they get you to that point, then you have a whole entourage. And a lot of times the entertainers end up broke. I go back to that because they get the entourage around them and they're the yes people. And they're like, Hey, just which one little thing? Let's all party. You're actually supplying the other people's drug habits. The ones that are telling you no. Because they want exactly. to party with you and use your money to, to entertain them. So it becomes a big party. And by the time you find that out, you're so strung out. Um, and he would see the signs whenever he would get a new member. And it's amazing how many people he went through that, kept, that every person was on drugs. He would see the signs wow. immediately because he had been dealing with it because they started at 17 years old. He's been 74 years old, and he's still on tour. So immediately he just shuts down and says, like, you know what? You have to go. And he has no problem firing. You can ask any former member of the temptation. Don't tell you. <laughs> no, like, let you got to go. Right? And you know what? Um, it's it's interesting. Like you say, don't try it. Like you said, don't try it. You know, like the song, don't do it, baby, baby. They said, don't try it. Don't do it. And fortunately, I don't right. have an addictive personality. But I remember checking everything out because I was a curious child and I was a model as mm-hmm. well, young, 18, 19 years old, till 37, so for 20 years. And believe me, mm-hmm. I saw everything around. I certainly did try things. I'm not shy about anything I've ever done. I have no shame to the regret of my parents, but mm-hmm. I have no shame. And I honestly did. It makes me a better counselor. It makes me a better um, specialist in the areas I deal with that I did experience an awful lot. And so I'm not uh-huh. judgmental, and I know exactly what's going on, and I know what's going on. Right. I know what they're chasing. I know what they're looking for. I just know that they're not going to find it again. So that's not the place to right. look. And uh, and I don't uh, I don't demonize anyone for trying anything. I don't I don't justify or judge anyone right. for what they've done. It's their human experience. We all walk through life with a different experience. But I do think it's really interesting that your father took a hard line about that, and it's it's promising that he did that because. I, I, I'm also interested to know what does he think of the stage show that's traveling now. What does he have? Does he have any the, input in that, or does he have something to do with it? The Temptations. Like, uh, on what show? Way. The Temptations. They were. Which, there's a, something like a knockoff of the Temptations. I guess I don't. Oh, know there is. About it. <laughs> but I have a client they, who saw the Temptation review. That in well, those are all former members. Those are former members they of are. the Temptations. And quite, and a couple of them have died, have passed away recently, and they've gotten new guys. Wow! And several of them were on drugs at one time. Those very those very guys were on drugs. So, um, and that's why. Wow. And they Do you were, know what like, they did? Did they go well, into treatment? They, they Do you know what they did? 
No, they didn't go into treatment. And they were fantastic entertainers. They were actually, they, they highlighted the group. They were part of the Temptations' uh, success. A couple of them, like, they're just, their presence on stage was phenomenal. But they could not kick the drug habit, and Otis would not tolerate it. He's like, look, this is not going to interfere with what I do. And he believes in, and he's taught me this, surround yourself around the people like-minded like yourself. If you want to be on a certain level and be successful, surround yourself around those type of people. So you cannot bring mm-hmm. yourself down if you continue to try to help someone that's not helping themselves. You're going to drive yourself down if you don't believe them because you can't enable somebody. And that's basically what becomes, starts you know, happening with them. You know, they go from city yeah. to city. They have these one-nighters. They're on the road, and they're trying to help this person sober them up just to perform. But then they're giving them money because they don't feel good if they don't have the drugs. And he's like, this is just not acceptable. Don't have those kind of people around you. Um, at this age, and the guys being much older, even though they have a lot of younger members he has in the group, you can't really, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you can't really do that anymore. Because your body's changed, and you've got to stay healthy just to get on stage and perform. And it's not as easy when you get in your 70s and doing all that dancing. So, Well, another thing people don't realize with addiction is someone like Amy Winehouse, who was a tragic, tragic loss in the music industry and and just to the world and such a brilliant talent. You know, once she had cleaned up, the problem is, is that your body cannot take the exact same doses of what you were giving it before anymore. Yes. So it's not necessarily yes. usually that people are not necessarily increasing their use. It's that their body has broken down, and once they've cleaned and detoxed their body, they can't take that anymore. So they do yes. die, and it I is agree. really sad to witness, and it's just beautiful to hear that there is someone out there in the industry that's never, ever tolerated and taken a hard line, not to, not to attach more of a stigma to addicts or to addiction, because I do want them to get help, and it's just a disease like anything else, and let's talk about it. But it's, uh, but it's really it's good to see that someone isn't being a yes person and supporting that. And at their age, they absolutely cannot have that. And even at a young age, once that's, that's stopped, you can't go back in hard like that. You can't come in at, a, at, a, at the same level and expect your body to take it like it used to. And it's just such sadness, too, that performers put so much stress and strain on themselves. They're out. Right. They're Especially in, in a hotel every different night. You're in a different hotel. Yeah. You're in a different city. The thing is, I mean, there's really ironic about it. sleep differently in different hotels. The first night, you don't sleep well. The second night, you do. Right. And they're also in costumes that are binding and these heels. And you're eating hotel prints. You're coming up and doing stuff. You're coming off yeah. the stage at 10, 11 o'clock at night, and you're eating whatever is available in, in, you know, in craft services. You know, the interesting thing is a lot of people don't know this about the Temptations because he really doesn't say it. He doesn't really tell. They're like, oh, well, this guy is not in the group. Otis will say because, you know, we couldn't get along. He didn't fit in the group. The bottom line mm-hmm. is they were getting high. <laughs> they got, you know, put out a lot of them. Not all of them, yeah, but the he majority. Couldn't, he got, couldn't have it. That was he like 80% of the, the problem of the people that were not in the group anymore. Right. And, he kept uh, his eyes he, he's amazing. amazing. That's what breeds success. It keeps you successful if you don't. If you don't play with that sort of thing, and if you don't get involved with it, and if you won't tolerate it around you, you will propel yourself to higher success. And, and being around that, that, the fast crowd, as my mother used to call them, and I was around them for a good 20 years, the fast crowd. She said, I don't want you hanging out with those fast girls. It's, they're too racy. And I said, Mom, I'm racy. Don't worry about it. But the problem yeah. is, is that I mean, racy, you too. end up running with the pack, and, 
And leaders yeah. don't run with a pack. And I had to separate myself. Right. And that's the truth, is you really do need to use your judgment. And it, you mm-hmm. had an excellent example, but not everybody does. And not everybody has that strong personality and leader personality to say, hey, I've got to get away from this. This is, this is bringing me down. And back then, I'm sorry, but it was not my job to heal or help anyone. And I am a healer, and I'm happy to do so. But now it is my career and my life's purpose. Then it was my purpose to get away from it because that kind of lifestyle mm-hmm. almost got me killed, as you know. So right. it's um, I think you know the red carpets too. and limousines cannot be are not the always the only good people. Right. Pardon? The bottom line for me, the bottom line for me is I was scared of Otis Williams. So <laughs> being in entertainment, <laughs> I was around that same type of crowd. I was, and I dated entertainers. I dated some big stars. But the thing is, I was very careful of my actions because I was afraid of him. And he would always say it in a way where I don't want to hear things. So I was afraid of things getting back to him. So I probably oh. also kept me from even trying stuff. I mean, I think because I was so young, of course, when you're young, you're naive. If I didn't have him drilling that into me and be me being that scared of him, I don't know what I would have done. I was more scared of him than even trying the drugs. I was like, yeah, oh, no. see, I was, my, my dad see, I'm going to die if I go home. <laughs> oh, no, I would be in trouble, but I, was, I wasn't getting caught. So, you know, I tell my friends, what's wrong right. with you? What do you have to straws in your glove box for? Why are you keeping a journal, you idiot? You know, that, what right. are you doing? And they say, you never get right. in trouble, Danny. And I say, well, I'm not an idiot. I'm not writing in a journal or keeping things in my glove box. Yeah, you know, I know what my parents yeah, are doing. Yeah, that's pretty stupid. But my parents, <laughs> my parents also have four children. So it was kind of, right. you know, while they're paying attention to what Kelly or Alan are doing or what LaRae's doing, they're paying attention to what Danielle's doing. So, you know, I knew what I was doing and I was crafty and that's not a good thing, but it's not to the... we all were crafty. <laughs> I was crafty, too, now. I used to steal the car all the time. I knew how to drive at oh. 12, 13 years old, and I was tall. So when he was always on tour, we had a whole bunch of cars, <laughs> and my mom would be gone, and I used to steal the car. <laughs> so I'm not saying I'm perfect. I did some sneaky stuff. And I would get in a club because... People knew I was Otis's daughter, and I used to dance on, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this, I used to dance on Soul Train when I was 14 years old, until I was about 18. So, and I hung out with all the old That's women. So, cute. so they all went to the club. So I had fake ID, and uh, I, I would dress like I was, and I was back now, I look like a kid, but I thought I looked like a woman. And I would steal the car, and I would actually get into the club. And I did that. So I did my wild stuff. I'm, I just did it in a different way. Um, Elon, that's I was not even innocent. that bad. I used to do that, and I was dressed like a prince's protégés with garters and the earring and the hair. And my mother would say, you're not, here's what I got. My mother, they were watching. They'd say, you're not leaving the house wearing that postage stamp. They called my clothes a postage stamp. And then at oh, the time, what so I would do is say, okay. Oh, yeah. And I would go upstairs and change, and I would come back down, but then I'd change back in the car. And then I'd forget, and I'd come oh, up yeah. to the other outfit. My parents would say, what are you doing? Yeah, we had that down. They're like, no, you're wearing the outfit we told you not to wear. So when did that happen? So, I mean, and I had my sisters. I have two older sisters. So I had a Kelly's UCLA ID when I was 15 because she's six years older. Right. I had Lorraine's ID when I was 18 to be 21. And they basically looked like an ink blot, I hate to say. You know, a darker person, dark skin picture. Right. It was not a flattering picture. You couldn't even see it. But it didn't matter. I so had ID. Really and I could go those places so... I'm surprised I didn't run into you, to be honest. <laughs> it was probably I, I probably did. Time. We both were being we both were being sticky, but you know what? We still did good judgment. We we came out fine, and we grew up in this around the same circle of people. 
I mean, I remember mm-hmm. one of the one of the celebrity kids was Todd Bridges, and Todd Bridges was on drugs really bad. No one really yes. knew, but he was he had a really bad habit back then. I used to see him all the time. I was around that circle, and those kids were right. really hooked on all that stuff. And then they come out. And now on. he does that great so, commercial about becoming a drug counselor. He he's right. completely turned his life. He around turned his and, life around. Yeah, yeah. I love reading the biographies but, of kids we grew up around. I think Corey Feldman's biography is, uh, yeah. it's, gosh, it's called, I've got to look up the name of it, but it's, it's amazing. I actually read it and I thought this should be getting more press. So somebody read Corey Feldman's mm-hmm. biography because a lot of the things that were going on in the industry uh, when we were little kids and when he was a child aren't spoken about and they need to be spoken about. And yeah, I was going to uh, say the same thing. Off. Yeah, they laugh it yeah. off, and that stuff is serious. And his book is very well, very well written, and very good. And, and that, and, and we that's why the kids, kids, right? And that's why a lot of the kids were getting on drugs because they were involved in stuff that they couldn't even talk about then. And that goes back to what we, what our last show was about, about paying attention who your kid is dealing with, who's around your mm-hmm. child. If you have mm-hmm. your kid in, in the entertainment industry, do not let the managers and agents take over and not let you be a voice and not let you be in charge of your child's life. You are still the parent and what you say yes. goes and what they want to do is wean the parent out so they can manipulate the kid. And then you don't know what situation your child's in. And then that's how a lot of times they expose them to a young age. Like I was exposed at a young age to a lot of things, but I also knew that my dad was going to kill me if I did the wrong thing because so many right. people knew him. So that kept right. me on a straight and narrow. You are so lucky well, I, I to have that because for that reason. My, my mom is an artist. She's a sculptor. She carves stone. She's amazing. Myra's amazing. Uh-huh. And then my dad, you know who my dad is, and he's amazing, but he was actually writing nine books and traveling to Egypt and doing medical specials yeah. in Africa and wherever. So I knew whatever I was doing, if he heard of it, about, about it, it was because I got caught and I was grounded. I was on uh-huh. restriction and I was getting the pliers to turn uh-huh. the TV on because they took the knob. And you know, <laughs> they would actually leave the house with the telephone that receiver. My mother would, is that funny? They'd go out to dinner with the phone receiver in their purse so that I was on restriction. I couldn't use the phone, but I'd borrow the well, I had a lock or I would, I had, I had a lock. They locked the phone. Cause you had, you had the spin dial. They would actually put a lock on the phone, but if you tapped it a whole bunch of times, the operator would come on and you tell her how <laughs> Oh, isn't it terrible how crafty you get? If someone takes something away, you will find yes. a way, which is, which is the problem. Kids find new ways to get high. If you take away one thing, they will find a way. But they would take the knob off of the television. I wasn't doing drugs or anything as a child, thank God. Right. But, um, right. but I, they would take the knob with them to go out to dinner, and then they'd come back. And I would, had told Kelly Lorraine to please get the pliers, and we would find pliers. If we didn't have pliers, <laughs> we'd go borrow pliers. But the thing was, is that that, they had the sense to go to bed. They had the sense to go to bed. I was still watching TV when they'd come in and they'd say, how did you get the TV on? So I was busy being proud. But, but the then that goes to show yeah, people who do drugs will find a way when they want it really bad. They'll find a way. Right. So you, yeah, you, you know, you really being a counselor and an advocate for, for helping these people and, and saving lives is really important. And that's what we have to keep doing. We have to keep helping each other. We have to evolve as people. And, and, and this life is about what impact we make while we're here. Because when we're gone, we're gone. So we have to and make an impact truth. while we're on this planet. We've made a difference. And hopefully yeah. that will carry on throughout life with other people. Well, what I really like that you're saying also is that Otis Williams, being the original founding member of The Temptations, I just can't say it enough. And when you said the original boy band. It really is. 
And that his legacy mm-hmm. is that he did not accept, you know, subpar behavior and substances around him because he knew it was going to, that altered people were going to have an altered performance and it wasn't going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that he raised children who don't do that and that you're raising your children with such an understanding of what the world is out there that you're preparing them mm-hmm. for not only kindness and, 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 and also for difficulties that they'll encounter and that they're already encountering, but just that it's been a life of privilege, but that it hasn't changed you to a degree that it has with some. And that Otis in particular right. and Goldie, your mother, I know that Goldie has a huge part in that, that Goldie's not putting up with any of that. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing oh, no. <laughs> that you grew up a child of privilege, as did I, but that we're able to appreciate. And I also lost all of it at one point, you know, due to violent crime. I had nothing. Uh-huh. And talk about a lobotomy and a rude awakening of having to create it all, all alone for yourself again uh, with the emotional uh-huh. support of family, but not financial, but the emotional support of family uh-huh. and a roof over my head, thank God. But it's, Life comes mm-hmm. at you with some curveballs, and I think it's very empowering for people to hear this and to understand that no matter what or who you come from, yes, there are privileges attached to that, but there's also great responsibility. And, you know, to one much is given, much is expected. And I really do believe that, um, you know, Otis is leaving a legacy of some wonderful grandchildren and a wonderful daughter. And I'm just really delighted to be able to have you talking you. about this stuff today. I'm delighted to be on the show, and I want to thank you for having me on for the second time. Oh, well, we're not <laughs> done quite yet. We're not done quite yet with you. And I need you to give out your, uh, your email, um, your email, your Twitter, and your, uh, your webpage, and anything for your son Trace that you'd like to give out. If okay. If you shout those out, I would love that right now. That'd be great. It's the perfect time. Okay, so my website is www.tracinglondonentertainment.com. Um, that's my uh, production company. And my Instagram is Elon Carter P. My Twitter is Elon Carter Price. And my son is Swaggy T, S W A G G T. And he has a song called S-W-A-G-G-Y-T. Also, it's a song. So if you follow that, you'll find all his videos on YouTube. Okay, now did you say S-W-A-G-G-Y-T? Yes, I did. Okay, I might have left off the Y one of those times. <laughs> I, yeah, you did. So I'm just making sure it's Swaggy T because he's adorable. And then, Swaggy uh, T. Perfect. And to, he, uh, watch him. I mean, he's, fasc- he's fascinating to watch. He really is a little talent. That is just, you know, he's going places, and I'm so proud of him and proud of you. But if they, anyone wants Thank to talk you. about anything we've talked about on this show, you're welcome. I'm always happy to get your emails. I do respond, and sometimes I respond on air. So uh, my email is therealdealwithdanielle at gmail.com. My Twitter is at it's Danny Delaney. There was another Danny Delaney, so I have to be it's Danny Delaney, and that's I T S D A N I. D-E-L-A-N-E-Y. Go ahead and follow me there on Instagram. It's just, it, uh, my Instagram is Danny Delaney, D-A-N-I-D-E-L-A-N-E-Y. And for counseling and anything counseling related that anyone wants to talk to, it is confidential and I will talk back with you privately. I'll reach back. Um, you can Google me on psychology today or you can also go to DanielleDelaneyCounseling.com. And um, in closing, I just wanted to ask you, Elon, what do you think is the main benefit and the main takeaway that you had as a child of celebrity being Otis Williams' daughter? So when he hears this, he can hear, what do you think is the benefit of being his child in the, in the, 
in the grand scheme of things, not just with castings and things like that, but in the grand scheme of things, what do you take away from being his daughter? Well, he has taught me, and it's funny because as a kid, I thought he was very hard on me growing up. And I look back and I tell him I appreciate because he taught me values and, and, and how to respect people and to be gracious and, and always appreciate what we have. But he also taught me how to be a business person. And he told me always be on time. I mean, there's a lot of things that I do that is how he is to this day. And he thinks it's quite funny because we used to go at it. You know, we're very similar <laughs> now. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the things that you shaped me for who I am today. And it has helped me help other people. I have been able to help other people get in the industry because of my connection. Just not, I haven't used it just for my personal gain or just for my child. I actually hooked someone up recently with a big, big producer. I'm able to help young people. And that's what I always try to do. I said, you know what? I kind of learned myself how to get into the modeling industry and get into acting. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have anyone mentor me in that way because I wasn't a singer. So I went into a different direction. So I try to help younger people and mentor them and guide them so it'll be an easier road for them. And I appreciate all those opportunities because I got opportunity because of Otis Williams. So I'm able to give other people opportunity if I can. And I'm trying to, like I I said earlier, I want to make a difference. I want to be able to do things to help people. And and you do. And I think that's really... That's really a beautiful tribute to your father and to your mother. Goldie's amazing. Goldie is a wonderful woman. And I think that being both of their child, you're, you're equal parts, all of your parenting. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it's really interesting. And it's, it's something that I observe in people I know now as I'm getting older. And I observe it in my friend's children. And I observe it in your children, with mm-hmm. you and with Keith, and both London and Trace. And I want to make sure I spell out your website because sometimes it's hard to get Tracing London. But it's T-R-A-C-I-N-G-L-O-N-G-O-N, London, like the city, entertainment.com. So right. right. And, it's been, and you it's, are helping people. You definitely are. And it's really, yeah. it's really nice to see. It's refreshing. Thank you. Thank you. And you're helping yeah, people too, Danielle. You're, you're making an impact on people's lives and you're saving lives daily. Thank you. Thank you. And it's, it's, I wouldn't have it any other way. And having the show is just a privilege and an honor. And having guests on is wonderful. So... I'm, I'm just lucky I get to say whatever I want, whether people like it or not. So on that note, <laughs> please tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Uh, that's 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time every Tuesday. And this is The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. And thank you to my guest, Elon Carter-Price. We'll have you another time. And uh, thank you to everyone for listening. And have a wonderful, productive day. And take care. Thanks for joining us this week. Be sure to catch The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney live every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait for you to see what's in store next week.